Hello, Attactioneers. Welcome to America's Flesh and Blood podcast, the Attack Action Podcast. I'm your host, handsome as all get out, Taylor Morrow. <laughs> are, we, are we trying on new nicknames? I did not bring a new nickname to try on. <laughs> but you did bring I'm... some high heels to try on. <laughs> <laughs> that's for our uh our discord exclusive you're not supposed to tell people you know just tease them hi hi everyone i'm isaac and we're joined by colin hey everyone i'm colin your other host welcome so, sorry to derail everybody with the no i'm yeah just i'm trying to brutally move us past this but <laughs> like a Dumbling our way through an the intro consummate, as usual. Wait till you get yeah, to the outro. Yeah, consummate <laughs> professional. You you are. Three years, 10,000 hours. This is what it gets you. Um, so today we have a special guest on. Colin, do you want to briefly tell everyone what the main topic will be after our uh, segments? Yeah, today we're getting mental with Randy. <laughs> Uh, we brought on friend of mine, a uh, friend of everyone who meets him and, you know, just, I think a key figure in the SoCal flesh and blood community for me, uh, Randy McDara, who is a, uh, uh, associate professional clinical counselor or APCC, if you will, uh, he's a therapist and counselor and brought him on to talk about mental health in flesh and blood in you know, lifestyle games and competitive environments, all the things around there, answering all your questions, um, except maybe how to deal with yesterday's bans and restricted announcement. <laughs> well, we kind of touch on it, but really we just give you some coping mechanisms. <laughs> yep. And thanks to everyone who submitted questions for this podcast. We got a lot of feedback and it was great. And even if your question did not get specifically read out loud sorry but they all factored into our conversation and i believe almost all of them got answered in one way or another through our discussion so we really appreciate the the feedback and input thanks everyone we uh hope the answers will help you out help you destroy your opponents or have more fun yeah. those are the takeaways uh Totally. Psychological destruction is mostly yeah, what totally. we discussed. We want psychic to... damage <laughs> along with actual damage. How to gaslight your opponent. <laughs> Five easy steps. Uh, awesome. That that brings us right into our news segment. Guess what? Briar, Warden of Thorns, has LL'd. Oh, I thought we were going to play taps there. <laughs> I thought I thought you said new segment. And I was like, what? <laughs> Hitler, we have a totally, new segment. A bunch of curveballs. Just... A bunch of curveballs with a bunch of goofballs. Maybe that should be our tagline <laughs> for the podcast. Curveballs. <laughs> I like goofballs. it. Um, that's right. Briar has LL'd along with Rosetta, which um, has repercussions wow. for the other room blades potentially. <laughs> that is correct. Of course it does. <laughs> it's well, the best weapon Vince, in the entire game. <laughs> nobody knows what Vincent's doing yet, so I didn't really know how to phrase it. But Viscera is definitely going to uh, have to pick something else up to hit people with. Whether it be books or scythes, we will 
we will find out. Uh, Please let it be books. Come on, let it <laughs> <yeah>. be books. <laughs> Librarian viscerai, my dream. Love it. Uh, yeah, this is a big news. This is a huge moment. We've been waiting for this maybe for a long time. I've been I've been waiting for quite some time. Yeah, it's kind of. I mean, obviously, we knew it was happening, uh, but it is kind of a weird. Th- you know, it's weird because it's like. I don't know. It's unlike other LLs where they just kind of are like so good and then are done. This one is just like they did it. They were around long enough yeah. and were relevant long enough. I guess kind of like old him, how old him went out. Just like he did it. Good job, old boy. Well, good job, old girl. You did it. Yeah, you she's like she's kind of paying for her past performances. You yeah. know what I mean? She got like a ton of LL points and now it's just like the last little bit as a, you know, pretty good or great deck. (laughs) Gosh, I wish I was a pretty good or great deck, man. That'd be awesome. Uh, (laughs) The banned and restricted announcement happened. And uh, as Colin has put here in the notes, I assume people are losing their shit on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah they are uh so nothing happened in the banned and restricted announcement that's why everybody's upset well other yeah. than briar right. hitting right. ll yeah that happened but it was undermined by no further bans or restrictions uh many people i heard people were you know the their enjoyment of Briar and Rosetta being gone was completely superseded <laughs> by Lexi not being hit at all. And I, I feel for everybody. I think, you know, we all a lot of people had strong emotions related to this. We talk a lot about strong emotions with our interview, Randy, coming up soon. So if you're dealing with that, you know, please continue and uh we'll hopefully share some insights on dealing with that. But you know, it is it is what it is. Like they they could nerf her and then she'll just be around for another year like Briar was and just kind of like limp over the finish line or they can just let her run her course, prepare for Lexi's at your PQ. Um, I think, interestingly, I think a lot of people were upset by the increase of LL points um, for events for like the next while you know an undetermined amount of time they increase the level of points given for pqs and was was it just pqs uh but you know a couple different event sizes so then and they even said that they would like more heroes to kind of rotate a little bit faster as they'll be introducing a lot of new heroes which is both exciting and kind of like you know I, i understand people being worried that you know the hero i love is just gonna like be artificially juiced to like LL so that they can have room in the meta for new heroes or something. Yeah, I have really mixed feelings about this. One of the huge selling points of this game for me was no rotation. But if like a third of heroes rotate every year or two, that's in some ways like even faster than the rotation of some games. So we'll see how it plays out. But it has me like a little bit worried because it's like, well, if any hero I invest in is just going to rotate in a year, that's like that's actually fairly fast rotation, you know? Um, and I know that they can be replaced with a new hero of the same type to recycle a lot of the old cards, but still, you know, it's, uh, 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how they handle it. Got me a little I, Yeah, I, I think it's going to be fine. Like, <clears throat> I think they... The way I read it was that they're upping the points because so many more new heroes will be introduced so that, like, if somebody needs to LL, it will be uh, more possible as more heroes come into the fold and that sort of thing so that they will get like a higher point value per win rather than um, spreading a lower point value over more heroes was kind of how I took it. And I am hero positive. Uh, I just got the results back from my doctor. <laughs> uh, no, I, I love it. I am really excited that that one killed Colin. He's out of the frame. Um, <laughs> probably because that was the joke he was going to have. And due to our friendship, I'm now mind melded with him. I would love to have more heroes in the game, more swords, more equipment, more weapons, more heroes. Let's, let's fucking do this. Let's flood it. Everybody yeah. sort it out. You know, I really like uh, what you said there, Taylor, because I did not think about that. And I don't know if everybody did. Like if, you know, there are a bunch more heroes than the living legend points are going to be distributed amongst a lot larger pool. So it will, you know, if they've done their job balancing act correctly and we don't just have like another, like, you know, just Lexi, Starvo, Briar, Prism, you know, old him come in that just is immediately dominant and wins so much um, that, it just is out in the yeah. season because there it's getting so many living legend points. Uh, it really should just help, you know, the whole group of heroes progress up the living legend ladder uh, in a relative manner, which I, I think that's a nice way of thinking about it. Cause I think honestly, we all, it's easy to get like real honed in on the negative side and like, you know, worrying about things and, you know, and, and people echo it back and it just kind of like, <clears throat> spins into not a great yeah. feeling situation. And I, I think a lot of people are kind of feeling that. And I don't, I don't know if they're also acknowledging their own like part in like stirring things up and jumping in three different discords to have the same <laughs> conversation multiple times, you know, like <clears throat> we all sometimes need to take a step back and just take a deep breath. And, you know, if you need to take a break because you don't like what's going on, we talk about that later too. Yeah. You can do it. It's okay. But I, the, oh crap, what's my other point here is, okay, two, two things also from this, (laughs) my other point is (laughs) is twofold. Uh, One, as soon as we basically get rid of Lexi, we will be in pretty much the modern flesh and blood era in quotations on modern um where they're really they uh, it has felt like they're trying to get to this kind of equilibrium of kind of power level and design philosophy and uh just kind of this i don't i don't know a balance in the force if you will like nothing is going to feel like too insanely powerful if uh outsiders and dusk to dawn is a um 
indication of that outside of the outlier of juicing up uh, Lexi. The second fold of my two folds is in the ban and restricted announcement. Also talked about how they're really focusing on all sets being draftable moving forward, which I think is huge news and also a little tough for my wallet because I was looking forward to taking expandable (laughs) sets off from uh, buying stuff. So, uh, yeah. How they get you. Pretty exciting that we're like rich with draftable sets now. Everybody's royal. Everybody's wearing the crown now. Ooh, got that gold. Yep. <laughs> nice. Oh, and I last thing about ban and restricted. The next one is happening eleven days before worlds. That's dicey. <laughs> yeah. But also kind of exciting. Uh most likely just to announce Lexi yeah. hit LL and then confirm the world's meta, potentially Icelander too, but that's less yep. guaranteed. Uh Okay, my quick thought on the Bannon restricted announcement about Lexi. Don't care. Who cares? Great. No changes? Awesome. We'll just let her LL. She'll be out of here. It'll be fine. And I understand the staleness of the last million metas, it feels like, since basically March that Lexi has been top dog. If we do the quick math... That's basically six months from the date of recording this podcast. So I get it. But also, just take a break from the game if you want to. Or play, shuffle, crank it, play. <laughs> Crack, shuffle, play. Do that more. Yeah. You know? My, my, uh, yeah, my take is like, I totally agree with you, Taylor. It's, I mean, and, you know, Codex is a lot and Lexi's very good and like all those complaints are very valid. But I also just see that like more heroes are viable at the same time in like the broadest meta we've ever had this whole past year and maybe a bit longer. Um, You know, when I compare it to like Dash, Chain, Briar, you know, um, Starvo, what it's just like, the game's never been this like playable with so many heroes at a competitive level. And yes, I know Lexi's the best deck and I know that it sucks to get blown out by her. I'm not like discounting any of that, but it's, you know, it's just compared to any other like historical point in the game, you can actually play the deck you like, you know? Um, yeah, to so a degree, I, for I, sure. You know, it's like, I without taking away from anybody's like complaints or whatever, it's just, you know, to me, it's, uh this is the healthiest it's ever been really you know so that's something i think i think it's it it is a lot of what taylor was saying it's just been a long time with lexi at the top Mm -hmm. and i think that's people are probably feeling fatigue from that and it undermines so much including the fact that it, it otherwise has been pretty healthy top eights have seen a lot of different heroes not just you know two different heroes and different variety you know um so i think that is good. We're going to move on from it. The age of Tales of Aria is coming to a close <clears throat> sometime soon. So we can uh, we can see what else, what happens next, you know? Yeah, Stay new tuned. set's about to drop. Yeah, It's going to be awesome. I know I said that with a pause, like uh, I was being 
sarcastic, but I'm actually very genuinely excited. Yeah, it is going to be great. A new era. Um, really quick shout out first to Ponkaj, yes, aka Ethnic Smoke, for his oh, yeah. performance on Icelander. What a stud. We love that guy. He's a great flesh and blood personality and a really, really uh, skilled player totally. as well. He does it all. Casts best best caster in America, North America, I'm going to say even. And best Icelander player I've ever seen watching his like top eight games. Uh, just incredible. Just how he it what was really fun about the coverage. Also, shout out to Fab Foundry. And our boy on it, putting on the Portland battle hardened, looked like a ton of fun, good coverage, had a great time. Uh, what was really fun about the coverage is they mic'd up the players and then did quiet golfing voices as they trigger insidious chill, which I loved. I loved that. And I would love to see more <laughs> styles like that because it was fun to hear uh, the players kind of talk and joke around a little bit. And also I feel like as a person who has done a few casting times, you all, you feel the pressure of needing to say something constantly. Uh, but if you have the players mic'd up uh, after their insidious chill trigger resolves and they take another game action, you don't have to like talk because they're talking, you know? So like helping mm. you um, not get as fatigued so yeah, big shout out to Pankaj. He's my guy. Yeah. Hell yeah. Castle on Saturday. Does it all. On Sunday. And awesome too, because he loves that hero. And now he gets to be on the the list, the living legend list, you know? So that's like always yeah. the dream. Sick. Nice. Shall we maybe right. not promoting we our shit? Speaking of <laughs> Yeah, speaking of being at the top of our game, we here at the Attack Action Podcast can only be at the top of our game with the help of our listeners like you. <clears throat> How can you do that, you ask? One, easy. Just tell somebody about it. Talk about it with your friends. Tell them, send them an episode. Check this out. Send them this episode right now. Stop it. Find a way to send it. I don't know how to do that. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's a way. Uh to you know subscribe and like on youtube we do a lot of stuff on youtube as well uh and three for just four dollars a month you can join our patreon you can support us help us do you know make more content that's like 50 cents an hour for the amount of content we provide uh almost you know like 95 percent of it is free uh and we just have a small you know paywalled podcast where we just talk about non-flesh and blood stuff uh, that is just fun and interesting to us uh, and you can join our patreon uh, and just be a part of our great community there the only discord that i'm in that wasn't a complete <laughs> shit show yesterday uh people just being kind of reasonable and expressing their feelings about it and uh you know <laughs> it felt good to be there so uh, shout out to every all of our supporters <laughs> currently you know we love just hanging out with all of y'all and you know looking forward to maybe even hanging out in person soon how how would they hype house so, hype hype house hype house hype hype house attack action podcast hype house 
Say it with me. Hype house. Hype house. Hype, hype, <laughs> hype house. house. <laughs> great job everybody and everybody at home thank you for joining in okay so yeah we got the attack action podcast hype house it's coming in april i forget the exact dates i said i think it's april 4th that would be a start day as i vamp here i will quickly check my calendar and then make a note to always keep this at the forefront of my mind that's right the April 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, somewhere in that zone. Uh, that's when we're going to have it. Location TBA, though. But we're working on that as soon as possible because we know we have uh, other coastal elites uh, like ourselves at the other coast that would perhaps want to come over and hang out. Uh, so we're, we're going to be getting that together for you. But the Hype House... Uh, is just going to be, we're just going to hang out. What is it? Just just to be clear, if you live in the Midwest, you can also come. <laughs> or the South or the North. Yeah. In, yeah. yeah. Any, any coast, any, any yeah. land. Just all cardinal directions, but you got to be a Patreon subscriber. Uh, so we were talking once upon a time and we were like, you know what? The best part of going to these bigger tournaments is the Airbnb hanging out with the homies, getting your drink on, getting your draft on, getting your DoorDash on, you know, and all of those things outside of the tournament. So we will just want to recreate that in the Hype House. And uh, that's what we're doing. So join the Patreon and you'll get the invite and all of the details and that sort of thing. So there it is. That's what I got. Join us. Yeah. Shout out to friggin' Miles, NorCal, nice guy, and hilarious person who just became a recent patron. And I was pretty stoked about that. Thank you. What's up, Miles? Thank you so much. That's it. And let's roll right into the main topic with getting mental with Randy. <laughs> Okay, here we are with your new fab therapist, Randy. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm Randy, I'm a therapist. Uh, credentials, APCC, which just stands for Associate Professional Clinical Counselor. All that means is I, I provide therapy to people. Uh, don't have to worry about the acronym there. <laughs> uh, yes, I, you know, I, play, I play fab on occasion dog dad semi-decent boulder you know stereo just lit, an asian guy living life i don't know what else, what else is there to say i also wrote down excellent mustache owner oh yes totally also in colin's opinion excellent mustache yeah so, randy is that. a part of the glasses and mustache club mm-hmm. with me and colin but not with Isaac because Isaac has none of those things. I knew it. So he's never kind of semi cosplaying as a man in disguise. I knew it. I told. He's just a regular man. I told Colin last night, "You're bringing Randy on just to dogpile on me, aren't you?" And it happened. It's been ten seconds, and it already happened. Well, hurry up and get bad eyesight and a better upper lip. Yeah. If you don't have an astigmatism, we don't want to talk to you. Yeah. Dang. Oh yeah. Uh, Kicked out of the podcast. Yeah, I mean, 
I bring up the mustache just because when I met Randy, we're all still wearing masks all the time. <laughs> and so he just looked like the he looked like the youngest dude. And then no. like one day he took off his mask and was like, Oh, Randy's a grown ass man. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm so like I, I do so for part of my job, I do school visits. So I visit my clients at school. And like we I would always wear a mask before because we had to. And when I would wear a mask, I would get mistaken for a student all the damn time. <laughs> Every time I'd be like, they'd be like, oh, are you a student here? I was like, no, I'm here to see, I'm here to see a student. I'm a therapist <laughs> every damn time. He's got good skin, man. You know? Thank you. It's my skincare routine. Hell yeah. We'll talk nice. about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Very interested in that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think I talked to Randy about doing this a couple months ago, mm-hmm. but I've thought about it actually for much longer than that. And then I finally was like, well, I should actually talk to Randy about it, but. I'm very interested because personally I've talked to my therapist about fab. So like, you know, I'm sure there's lots of things that people could benefit from kind of thinking about, uh, you know, their relationship, their relationship to this game or any kind of like hobby. Um, I think especially over the past couple of days, we've seen a lot of people having a lot of strong feelings triggered. Uh, triggered. related to the, ban and restricted announcement the other day so you know i think it's very timely to talk about it because it this you know it's important to us it affects our lives uh you know we spend a lot of time and energy and money doing it so making sure that we're thinking about it to uh to maintain a healthy relationship is just like really important to me personally and i think a lot of people uh, would also be interested in that so i thought it'd be great because randy randy's a gamer he knows he knows all about old him, like, like, dude gets back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> I talk to my therapist. She's always like, you know, like with your with your games, and I'm just like, oh. like you get it, but you but you don't get it. Anyways, you don't know. Um, <clears throat> so I was, you know, just like getting to know getting to know Randy a little bit more here. Uh, just curious, like, kind of what you do uh, as a APCC, um, and like, kind of what your like normal yeah is like that of course yeah so with that like you know i think the world of therapy is comp- can be like feel complicated from the outside looking in it's like there's all these acronyms at the end of everyone's like name apcc lcsw amft uh those they're they all they all have come with their like specialties like uh well what the outside world just using them regardless of those acronyms they can provide the same services to you so if you want a therapist regardless of their LCSW, AMFT, APCC, they can provide therapy to you. Uh, so I just want to clarify that. But for me, uh, I do, I'm a therapist. So what you're probably thinking, sitting in a room, talking to someone one-on-one, uh, it varies too. Uh, I think I, I also do school visits. Like I'll see a client at school. I'll do home visits, see them at home. Uh, I'll do telehealth sessions. Like uh, I try to cater to my clients as much as possible. Uh, because I work in like the public sphere. So the population I work with aren't the most privileged or the most uh, financially secure. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them have like, especially when I work with like high schoolers, like a lot of them got parents who are working two jobs. There's no way in hell they can bring them over to the clinic. So to provide best client care, I go and talk to them. Uh, work with all age, age, age ranges. Like the youngest I've ever had was like five, oldest I've ever had was like in their 60s. Mm-hmm. So it, it varies. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, I just talk to people about their mental health, what they're going through, provide some education. Uh, cause you know, a lot, a lot of people out there aren't really familiar of what mental health is or like even labeling their emotions. So that's what I kind of do. Uh, 
it's tough. Uh, hard work. Don't get paid enough. Every therapist will tell you this. But I mean, I enjoy what I do. Uh, it's fulfilling to an extent. Uh, but yeah, that's mainly it. Just go around talking to people for an hour. Get paid to do that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, as a <laughs> that's great summation of your job. I love that. As a person who now goes to therapy and it's so, uh, God, I love it. I love going to therapy because I feel Mm -hmm. better afterwards every single time Mm -hmm. or have an actionable item to, uh, work on, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. And having somebody else just kind of a professional help me either put a, uh, a, a name to something or a concept or something like that is uh, really awesome and super valuable. I had an extra point and I can't remember it. My brain is full of turkey burger. Oh, heck yeah. And uh, there was extra little bit there. So great job, everybody. High five. Pop it up. Pop it up. <laughs> great great interview. Thanks. Yeah. Yes, but I, I, I want to say too, I like, I like how like, you know, both everyone here mentioned like being in therapy. Like it's a it's a big deal. I think as you know, years have gone by, therapy has been more accepted in the you know community, which is what everyone loves to hear. Uh, you know, it still isn't provided to everyone or the most accessible. Uh, but it's great to hear like how it's been more open and like people are giving it a chance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even for me, like I'm I'm a therapist, but I'm also in therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it's yeah. it's me to it's, it's uh funny that we mentioned it because like today actually marks my one year of being in therapy. Uh, I literally just had a session with my therapist like two hours ago. So nice. it's interesting how the wor- world works sometimes. Just had therapy for a year and now I'm here talking about therapy and mental health. <laughs> nice. Well, congratulations. I, I remember what I was going to say right. about therapy is it, it does weirdly come with a stigma, but that's because there's very little education like growing up about mm-hmm. it, you know, especially in our school system and stuff. Like nobody, like some people play like doctor or grocery store clerk, you know, Mm -hmm. nobody plays like, Hey, tell me your problems and let's work through this in a really healthy, safe way, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I would like that to change in our educational system as a teacher. I can see the, uh, crisis and like our therapists on our campus are like some of the most like prized people because I'm like. You're doing so much for these these poor children, more than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel yeah. like uh, in the '90s there were so many movies and shows that had like therapists and psychologists and psychiatrists, whatever. Like Sopranos, <clears throat> it became like such like you know the the only depiction of that was like this one thing, and it was just like I don't know. I think that skewed a lot of people's like understanding of it. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I think for me, I'm always very open about talking about being in therapy because I think that's helpful just absolutely to hear that because they're like, oh, because they'll be like, oh, yeah, I do therapy, too. It's like, you know, <clears throat> a lot of people I work with like, oh, I got to go. I got therapy. I'm like, great. I can go to therapy right now. Yeah. Hell absolutely. Yeah. It's a, yeah right. It's, <laughs> it's like because like the more we talk about it, the more normalized it becomes. Mm-hmm. Right. If we don't talk about being in therapy, then like nothing changes. But we do talk about it. Something can change. Right. That's the whole point. Like. As long as you're talking about it, something's going to change. That's great to hear. Uh, I guess how, you know, we've just navigated that and how, I guess, later generations are like, 
younger kids are more accepting of it because like, like you know if you're on tiktok there's like people talking about mental health and kids being like i want to be in therapy mm-hmm. which is you know amazing to hear uh given like when i was a teenager like that shit was like not even heard of totally what's wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> exactly this is the question that you said that comes after that <laughs> yeah like not even adults i knew were in therapy uh but before we get too clinical randy everybody at home is wanting to know what your history in gaming is and who your main is in fab who you maiming 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 right. who are you maiming probably calling at armory <laughs> and then who are you man. maining when you maim calling all right uh maiming uh probably no one because i don't play as consistently and you know socal has a bunch of really good people so it's just it's great competition is great but socal is really hard uh but i'll go back to your first question history of gaming uh, that's like a loaded question uh <laughs> i've been playing games since i was like a kid like i was five uh right just super nintendo uh and all the good stuff mario mario kart uh i was really like nintendo fanboy back in the day you know i think super smash brothers melee was probably one of my favorite games if not like my favorite game just everything about it's fun but yeah i've been gaming since i was five uh it was kind of just like I want to say I want to say escape, but it was my fun because as a kid I was like really shy, stereotypical Asian guy, right? Like just very shy, very awkward growing up. Uh, so and actually, I had to gravitate towards games. You know, I didn't have to talk to anyone to play games. That was like my my happy place. And obviously, as I got older, still continuing the game. Uh, you know, but like once I got in like to college, it started happening a lot less. My 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 hobbies and my passions changed, so I stopped gaming. Not as much, but I will say gaming has always been a part of my life. It probably always will be. Just the nature of how much I play games is probably going to change. Mm. Uh, as I'm sure all of you know, as getting older, so like time just isn't there anymore. And it sucks sometimes, but sometimes that's okay because as you get older, priorities change. Uh, onto that, uh, Fab, who do I mean? Well, back in the day, I think Colin mentioned this earlier. I don't know if we were recording then, but I, I when Oldham came out back in the ter- Tales of Aria day, that was my guy uh i i just enjoyed his play style like even even back in the day when it was like a prism meta like just getting bodied by prism like still didn't you know change my love for Oldham. uh i don't know it's just something about like just play like blocking and just swinging for four like the grindy games uh because i used to play hearthstone and i don't know if anyone remembers like this meta but it was like mech warrior and like that was like one of the grindiest decks ever like you just grind people out games could take 30 minutes long for hearthstone that was like insanely long and that was just like always been my play style and so, like, Oldham was, like, the closest thing I was to that. Uh, but he living legend. You know, he was really strong, even with the, with the bands. So, like, he is gone. But now I have switched to Riptide. I'm a Riptide gamer. Nice. Uh, he's just also really fun. Uh, clearly not the best, but he's just super fun. Uh, you know, just the way, like, sequencing and all that, just, you know, killing someone with traps is just super fun. And, like, <laughs> he's just a good time. He's a vibe. <laughs> he's totally a vibe. He's probably got a stench to him as yeah, well. That's a, yeah. I mean, but he's great, you know. Uh, yeah, I love him. Yeah. But I will say, like, unfortunately, like, I haven't been playing Fab as much lately. Uh, I think probably something we'll talk about later, just fun of the game, has died down for me. Doesn't mean it's gone away forever, but it just means, like, I, I, if I'm not having as much fun, I'm probably not going to play as much. Yeah. That's, uh, that's totally understandable. Uh, is 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 Fab your first like card card game, or did you play any other card games? Yeah, like physical TCG. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously as a kid, like Pokemon, 
Yu-Gi-Oh played a little bit, but like not like actually following the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you just like the so that, Yeah, so Fab Fab was my very first like TG, TCG that I took se- se- seriously, or like semi seriously, however you want to look at it. Nice, hell yeah, me too. Nice. Well, we're twins, mustaches, glasses, and Fab. <laughs> hey, me three triplets. Oh, triplets. Hey, hey. You two guys. Me too. Uh no, no. You guys played Star Wars Destiny. Yeah, that's true. We, yeah. <laughs> but not on the same level though you know that's true that's true probably like at the level everybody's like oh yeah i played magic back in the day like we played star wars destiny at the high school level so, so star wars destiny i went to the store and played sometimes which was a big step <laughs> you know <laughs> like that was a big deal yeah, it then. actually is yeah with like really? two other people we like, didn't know. That was like a nerd level yeah. up, you know, get me in the <laughs> store. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like the first time I went to a game store to play Flesh, Flesh and Blood, I was just like, all right, we're going to do it. We're going through the door. We're like, I don't know <laughs> it's happening. Do. And now, you know, now it's just a place I go to a lot. <laughs> you have nice stores, though. One of ours is like a dungeon of sadness is that like because it looks like a dungeon of sadness or the people vibe it's also a vibe (laughs) yeah that's doesn't sound like a fun vibe though it's like yeah yeah, not the fun part of riptide like the (laughs) sad part of riptide Uh, yes the part of riptide that needs therapy (laughs) (laughs) or a doctor medical professional that's true he does not look he well. looks like he's thriving yeah, i don't version. know how but <laughs> no no man he, had, he has 38 health so he has to be sick oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah all right so let's get into let's get into the meat of it i think you know with flesh and blood in particular i think there's a lot of emotions that get mixed up in things. There's the competitive side, which I think is like probably the hardest part for people to deal with on an emotional level. Um, just kind of the ups and downs of that. Um, but I think just generally too, when there's something you care a lot about in your life, you know, and things change or things happen that you don't like, Mm -hmm. or maybe you're just not having fun anymore, but you don't want to admit it because it is what you used to have fun doing. And, you know, you're trying to reconcile those emotions. Um, It gets really messy, you know, and I think Mm -hmm. it's something I, I'm, I've had to think about a lot, you know, and it's been a weird couple, it's been a weird, like three years of getting into flesh and blood during a pandemic coming out of it. And then like, you know, real life, you know, whatever. So I think a lot of people are probably finding themselves in the same situation, but I think top most topically like coping skills to regulate our emotions in regards to, you know, I think both competitive stuff and, you know, just the community social aspect of, of a game like flesh and blood. What are, what are some coping skills that we can all work on to, to help us through hard times, difficult times, um, and even like good times, I think it's also good to think about it, you know, when you're right. So yeah, this can I'm... be like, uh, through a, a long period of like losing maybe your mm-hmm. frustration, or it could be just like within one game where you get frustrated mm-hmm. or tilted or, you know, so, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, true, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Yeah, of course. 
I think that's a, like a really good question. Like, I think it transcends just flesh and blood too, right? Because stress, anxiety, like frustration is always going to be there, especially when it comes to something competitive like fab. Similar to sports, right? Like people are often competitive on teams because like they want to win clearly. That's why they don't want to reason on a team. So it's very natural and normal to get frustrated and angry, like at our play, at losing. So I want to I want to highlight that it is normal. You are not a shitty person or a bad person if you are anger, angry, frustrated, or like just overall upset of like losing, right? That's that means you're a competitive person and you're normal, right? Wow, you feel emotions. Congrats, you're a human being. Uh, there's something wrong. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Nailed it. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I will say, right, uh, it's difficult to because like. Oftentimes when we are stressed and like stressed or frustrated about like losing, uh, it makes us, can, can make us lead us to playing worse, right? Cause then instead of focus on the game, we're like, damn, I messed up. I'm not good. I suck. When we think those thoughts, we, we don't play as well. Right. I think for me initially, I think, I guess just speaking of myself, right? Like I, I boulder, right? I climb, uh, though it's not a competitive sport. I, I want to get better at it. Uh, Using this analogy, right? I there are days in the gym where I feel like crap and that I can't climb. Like, you know, this this climb I would do really well in another day. I'm I'm struggling with. Does that one day make me a bad climber? No, it doesn't, right? Because one bad day out of 365 does not make me a bad climber. Uh, that logically doesn't make sense. And so with Fab, right? If you have those days where you are feeling like a bad player, yeah, you have a bad day. Does that one bad day make up for the other days you've been doing well for the other armories you won? No, probably not, right? I think looking at like perspective, right? Uh, yes, one frustrating armory are you know you bubble sucks ass. We can we can be sad about that, but let's also rationalize like, oh, have you gotten better? Have you found a won an army lately? Right? It's just thinking bigger picture. Like, yeah, this sucks, but let's 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 you know. Take the microscope away and look at the bigger picture. How well am I doing overall? I think that's one way to help too, like just rationalizing your thoughts. Uh, another thing I use, especially, uh, is like self-talk. Uh, if, if, if you aren't familiar with self-talk, it's really explanatory. It's literally the way we talk to ourselves, uh, right? Because you, we, like the, you, you are the person you spend the most time with in your lifetime because you spend all, you spend 100% of the time with yourself, right? So naturally, like, the way we talk to ourselves matters because the voice we hear the most is our own voice. So if that voice is constantly being like, you suck, why can't I play well? You're going to feel like crap probably because it's constantly berating you. But what if we shifted it? What if it was like, you're doing good. I got it next time. Uh, yeah, I misplayed. How can I be better? Right? More rational, more critical, or more like positive. That will probably make us feel better in the long run because instead of beating ourselves up, we are trying to get better. We are like, like no, you're good. You got it next time, right? Uh, so what I use, like, uh, going, uh, a phrase I use when climbing or in general, like when I'm feeling stressed and fab or just in general, I, I, I say to myself, I'm him, uh, <laughs> like, you know, him as in the context of like, I'm the shit, I got this because doing that helps me reset. Like it, like, right. I could be thinking bad, like, like I suck, I suck, but it's like, I'm him. And like, I, mm -hmm. I snap out of it. I snap out of it and get back into the zone. It's like maybe having like a phrase to yourself to kind of get yourself out of that slump like no i got this like or i'm him i i'm better than this like whatever it is for you it can be whatever applies to you right because you know it's your mind uh yeah and also i don't know i'm, I'm kind of going up i was kind of answering pretty long 
I might be seeping into other questions. So I'm wondering, do you guys want to ask anything else before I go yeah, on? That's all. That's all good. I know it's like, it's hard. Um, because it, your self-talk is like a habit you've created over 35 years or whatever. So that's mm-hmm. good advice to use like a phrase to, um, snap yourself out of it or have some tool to utilize. I mean, you know, I've been trying at home shock yeah. therapy and it hasn't been going well. So I'm, <laughs> I'm all ears. <laughs> would not recommend that to anyone but you know if it, if it's if it's your cup of tea and you are not hurting yourself i can't i can't stop you yeah no kink shaming here uh yeah that's great self-talk is huge like mm. um i the listeners know this but for some reason if this is the first time listeners are listening i coach uh high school basketball also as being a teacher and that's one of the things I always stress to my athletes, you know, is like how your like your body language and how you are talking to yourself mentally is super huge in regards to your like performance and focus and that sort of thing. And I grew up, I made up my own mantra, determination, not frustration is like what I say to myself when I get in those states. And if I had enough fingers, I would get that like knuckle tattooed on me, but <laughs> I sadly do not curse you, God. How dare you not give me more fingers? <laughs> <laughs> right. And yeah, that's like I know like some people may think it's cheesy, like, oh, why would I why would I create a mantra and like you know talk to myself? Uh am right, not not everyone cup of tea. But, <laughs> yeah. I would I would give it a try, just try it. Uh right. And that's the beauty of it, like a beauty of trying things, our coping skills. If it does, because coping skills are so unique in that they don't work for everyone. Mm. So if this particular coping skill doesn't work for you, that's fine. But now you know it doesn't work for you. So you can try another one, right? And what did it cost you? Absolutely nothing, mm. right? Mm. So it's right, the notion of if you try, it might help you. If you don't try, nothing's going to change. Yeah. So why not give it a try? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really great point. Um, none of this is like one size fits all everybody's brains and bodies are different and can react differently to different things. I do really like making your own mantra. Cause I think, you know, something that is personal to you is going to resonate more than trying to pick up somebody else's. Um, so I think that's a really great uh, call out there. Uh, you know, one thing my therapist always tells me is like, <clears throat> is, is if this feeling, whatever you're feeling right now that like, you know, when you're like mad at yourself for losing whatever, like if it was there trying to help you, and it was like kind of ac- external, you know, to you, what would it be trying to tell you? Like, what is it trying to do to like help you do what mm. you want? Um, and I've, I've often, often struggled when she asked me that, like every time I'm just like, Fuck, I don't know, man, like <laughs> tell me that I suck and I can't play this game. Like, <laughs> well, uh, but like it, I, it, it, the more I do it, the more <laughs> I'm able to be like, okay, like the reason is, you know, this, you know, and and I want to do it. So it's like, you know, it's pointing out something that, you know, might even be obvious, but just kind of like, I don't know, kind of going through that has always, I found it to be pretty helpful. So like, mm-hmm. um, even like, even like just, I think acknowledging that having those feelings, like, I think you said this too, it's not bad to care mm-hmm. and it's not bad to get, you know, upset and angry sometimes, but like being able to like move on from that, I think is like mm-hmm. the the really important part. Yeah, absolutely right. Because like like you said, being frustrated like shows you care. You care about something. Uh, I'm not gonna get frustrated at something I don't care about. So 
by getting frustrated, I like say fab, right? Uh, that means you care about the game. Like, cool. You care something. You care about something deeply enough to feel emotion towards it. That's that's sick. It's just how we how we choose to expend that frustration, right? We can choose it to beat ourselves up, or we can maybe push it to the side, finish this game, and kind of figure out from there, right? I also want to highlight something too in terms of like stress and anxiety. Uh, there's also a physiological component, like. Like for me, like when I get stressed or anxious, my, my I'll clench my jaw or my shoulders will get really stiff. Uh, that's my cue to tell. That's my cue to know. Oh, I'm feeling stressed or anxious. I need to chill, right? So for people out there, like maybe finding out what your body cues are. Maybe like you you start doing a leg tap when you feel anxious. Because when you catch that, you're like, oh, I'm leg tapping. Does that make me anxious? That means I'm anxious. How can I calm myself down right now, right? So being aware of your body and like how it responds to certain emotions can go a long way too, right? Because oftentimes the body will react faster than the mind, right? So your body will, you'll be like, you know, clenching. And then a minute later, you're like, oh, I'm anxious. But if you catch that, oh, I'm already like clenching. I'm, I'm feeling anxious. How do I, how do I figure that out? Mm-hmm. Right. So another something to consider as well. Yeah. I think that <clears throat> that's another great point because it does happen faster. And if you can really nail down the, the physical feeling of an emotion, you can attune, you know, you'll recognize that you're feeling, you know, because it's hard. Emotions are complicated and they get all mixed up with each other. So being able to quickly recognize one and then be able to adjust yourself, I think is a a really great skill that t- it takes practice. Like you really have to be like, okay, like how, how was I feeling? Because sometimes you're thinking about it in retrospect and it's like, okay, well, you know, this is, I think I was feeling like this and like, how does it, you know, manifest physically um, mm-hmm. when I'm having these emotions. Um, that's interesting so that's too. A- Cause you like, I have different ways of tackling, like, cause you can tackle it physiologically and tackle it mentally also, even though they're completely intertwined, right? Like you can do box breathing for the physiology or you can do your mantra for the, um, you know, the mental side of it. And you can kind of, uh, explore different avenues of how you're going to, you mm-hmm. know, manage your mental state. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that's the beauty of like mental health and taking care of yourself. It doesn't matter really how you start as long as you start. Right. Because if you focus on the physiological part, that'll probably take care of the mental part too. take care of the mental part. I'll probably help the physiological part. Right. Uh, I think in, in, uh, in therapy, we call that, call that like the holistic approach as in like, you know, the, su- the, the sum is greater than like the total of its parts. Right. So like if we focus on one area of life, it will probably help us feel better in other areas of life. Great point. This whole time I've been trying to think of like, what's my like somatic response to stress or like, what am I doing at the table or whatever, you know, I've been trying to think and I'm like, I'm just not cognitively aware of like what I'm doing, you know? Well, mine, like I get, I'll have like a frustrated thought train or something so it's like not i guess it's not a physical thing but i'll notice that it's like physiologically i'm stressed out if my brain starts to just be like you know or whatever and you can like i don't know track that i guess that doesn't really count in the physiological side but it's kind of the same Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely like especially like catching yourself it's attached (laughs) you try to pull (laughs) one it pulls the other yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i just think of like everything's interconnected like you focus on one thing it'll help something else you're mad about something, it might seep into somewhere else, right? Yeah. I know for sure one one way of relieving all of your stress is to flick your cards as fast <laughs> as possible. 
while you're waiting. Like if you do that, you're gonna feel yeah amazing. You don't look so anxious all at all. <laughs> that's not a that's not a symptom. That's the cure for sure. Yes, which is a coping skill, as we would call it, right? It's to help reduce anxiety. I know sometimes I say it perfectly still, and that is unnerving because. <laughs> It's not it's not so bad on in person because I can see you physically breathing, <laughs> but over camera, it's impossible <laughs> to tell. And it's like you and there's always like because we're in a digital space, you're like, is he frozen? No, he's just thinking perfectly still. It's an incredible skill. And I'm just so proud of you all of the time when you pull it off because it's amazing. Yeah, you'll Thank look you. over at a tournament and three tables over Colin's sitting. Staring at his opponent. <laughs> Like a statue Cards set on the table, and yeah, he won't move yeah. for two minutes straight. <laughs> wow, that's a good poker yeah. face, man. Doesn't work, but that's okay. No, his face is covered in anguish, his body is just perfectly <laughs> still. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, back in the day when I think I was better at the game, I, I sat like that. Now I'm just like head in hand, just like, fuck. uh, what did I do wrong this time? No, um, all right, so I think you know, to segue i think kind of what we were also talking about with the coping um kind of feeds in this next idea of like how to manage you know other ways and maybe we already kind of discussed this but i'll ask anyways and if it's done we can edit it out but uh you know <laughs> managing emotions under stressful conditions and i guess maybe we could focus this on like going knowingly going into like a stressful situation like you're going to a pq you know you're you're going into something that you really care about um you know let's let's assume that you've you know, prepared because usually that's probably the best thing you could do is just prepare better. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, like what, what are some like ways we can manage the, our emotions, like in preparation for something that we know will be stressful. Yeah. Like getting, you know, like getting ready for PQ world nationals, whatever, like a big, a big tournament, like I guess a tournament, like greater than locals will say. And that's yeah, like, that's tough. Uh, again, goes back to maybe the mantra you have, just telling yourself, you got this, you got this. Right kind of challenging those whatever self negative self-talk may come up during these times. Also like prep, like you mentioned, Colin, like sleep goes a long way into how we feel. Like if I'm if I'm on like three hours of sleep to play like in six rounds of CC, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna feel too hot after like round one like two or three probably. But if I can get a full eight hours, I'll probably feel pretty good. Uh I know six rounds of CC in general is very grueling. Uh and that's me- mentally prepare yourself too in that case, telling yourself I know it's going to be six rounds, five rounds, eight rounds of CC. So I know it's going to be a long day. If I know it's going to be a long day, will I have time for food? If not, should I pack some snacks? Then it uh, then it goes back to what snacks should I pack, right? Uh, you know, maybe we want chips, but will that be the most, for the little time we have to eat, will that, that be the most feeling for our bodies? Maybe no. Maybe grab some peanuts, you know, protein bar instead. You know, there are some like ways we can prep. I could, going back to the holistic approach, right? If we know mental fatigue is a big game in fab when there's like a billion rounds of CC, uh, if we take care of ourselves physically, that will help us mentally. It just, you know, these things aren't separated. We're all connected. It's all connected, right? Uh, I would just like say, yes, stress is normal. Like stress is going to happen. But I guess in this case, it's telling yourself that, you know, you can do it. Like you prepared, you know your deck. Uh, And ultimately, like, what are we stressed about? making top eight getting a pti having fun right if we're stressed about different things it can look different for everyone if i'm stressed about a peak like hitting top eight 
then I ask myself, I guess, right, if the goal is top eight, right, ask yourself, how can I prepare myself to get to top eight, right? You have that big goal, then you set little goals before the, the PQ to get there. Uh, so trying to hit top eight, uh, first goal, you know, mastering the deck that's going to hit me in the top eight, uh, catering it to my meta, getting reps in, getting eight hours of sleep, uh, printing my deck list the night before, so I don't have to worry about it in the morning, right? Just, I don't know if you guys have read this book, it's called like Atomic Habits. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have heard of it. It's just like building good habits. But the, the one of the key things in that book, it's like we don't build a good habit by like going 100%. We build it by small incremental steps. So like 1%, right? So think about that uh, when you're going to an event, right? If your goal is to win, right? What can get you there incrementally? It's not going to be like, I got to grind eight hours uh, the night before. That's not going to hit you top eight. It's going to be the preparation you get to there, right? So just that. I think ultimately just remember, remembering you're playing this game for fun. It's a card game. You want to win, but it's not your life, right? I'm sure you you have other things you care about outside of Fab, and they will be there after Fab. And Fab will be there after you win or lose, right? So at the end of the day, what are you going to remember more? Being frustrated you to make top eight or remembering you had a fun-ass time at a PQ with your friends? Yeah, I think that's pretty important. We've, I think we've talked about this before on the pod, but like, um, if your ego is so defined by your fab performance, like you should probably look for other things in your life, you know, to give you meaning, like your friends or your family or your other social activities or performance in other hobbies or sports or whatever, you know, because it's like, it's like a rough ride if you're so invested in you know, your performance at one tournament that you're utterly destroyed, you know, it helps if you have, like you said, if you can just be like, well, this doesn't define me so I can, you know, I can enjoy myself here and it, you know, it's okay either way. Yeah. Absolutely. Can't be, uh, as results oriented only. Although I do think sometimes like, man, if flesh and blood was my life, I would be so good. <laughs> you know but it's totally fine to like not top eight everything as a person who just went through maybe a whole year without top eighting a single event or doing that great i'm fine it was fine you know did i like it that i top eighted more previously absolutely but is that like am i quitting no, because I have this podcast and it's the ball and chain has changed me to this game and I can never not play it. Yeah, yeah we're there it is. You heard, you heard the man. He's committed. <laughs> and I think you bring up good points, right? Uh, your growth in fab or your fun in fab hopefully isn't deter- determined by your results, right? Absolutely. So let's say you practice a lot, but you don't top eight. Does that mean you didn't get better as a player? No, probably not. What if before the like the pro quest you you miss you always like miss your tuna counter or you miss it like every other turn, but you realize that this pro quest you 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 never miss a tuna counter, right? That that's growth as a player, right? That means you're getting better. You didn't top eight, but you never miss a tuna counter, Hell yeah. right? So it's like that too. It's like yes, we can set a big goal for ourselves, but there's also smaller goals we can see too, right? What if you you remember your pitch sack? That's sick. What if you remember your opponent's pitch sack? That's sick, right? It's like the little things, right? The incremental things that matter too, right? Because growth isn't, uh, and this is the thing with growth, right? Growth isn't linear. It's like a roller coaster. Like we get better. We feel like crap. We get a little better. We feel like more crap. We get, we feel real. Like it's a roller coaster. 
So just remembering our growth isn't linear and that though we don't get the results we want, it doesn't mean we can't have fun. It doesn't mean we're not growing as a player, right? It just means maybe we have to shift our focus to understand that, that we're, we are making strides, but just in different and smaller ways. That's a great, love that. That's a great point. Uh, I am going to dip into some of our community questions because I like some of them and I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, Blake asks, uh, friend of the show. Hello. Our boy, Blake. I love you, Blake. <laughs> How do I use my emotions for good instead of eliminating them entirely? That's a, I feel that's a, that's a question way out of like, it's not even like, it's just a question a lot of people are asking, like not even pertaining to that, right? In the sense, like, how do I, how do I let myself feel without, without feeling bad, right? In the sense that like, it's tough. Uh, you know, it, it can be a lot of things, uh, how you're raised, right? If I grew up in a family that didn't cater to my emotions, I could, I could learn to conceal my emotions because that's how I was growing up, right? I think first acknowledging that you are allowed to feel what you're feeling, uh, happy, sad, anger, frustrated, uh, I don't know, anything really, uh, a human being, you're, you feel emotion and that's sick. Uh, in this sense, I guess I'm wondering like in the case, like what does use them for good mean in the sense that like, how do I accept my emotions? How do I not take it out on other people? Right. But I think ultimately the first step is acceptance, like acceptance of self. Like, Hey, I am a flawed human being. But because I'm not, but because I'm flawed doesn't mean I'm like a bad person, right? All humans are flawed. I'm never going to be perfect, right? Uh, now, I think that's a very loaded question. I appreciate you for asking this, Blake. But it's it's very interesting in the context of like, you know, do you want to be a robot? Probably not, right? And I would argue like, you aren't really eliminating your emotions. Like you're probably still feeling them. You're just hiding them. And by doing that, does that make it worse or better? If it makes it worse, I would ask, how can we make it better? Does that mean reaching out to someone, uh, which may be hard because, you know, reaching out to people can be really hard. Does it mean taking a break for something we enjoy doing just to feel better? Does it mean, you know, calling off work, right? Again, kind of connecting to like, if we, I'm just relating this back to Fab, right? If we are not having fun in Fab anymore, it can be about the game or it can be other areas of life, right? If my, if I'm, this is an example, right? If I feel like I'm doing horribly at work and I just feel like I'm the worst therapist in the world and I go to locals, I'm probably not going to have fun because I'm stuck at the thought like, damn, I'm a bad, bad therapist. That's going to be in my head. I'm going to go to locals. I'm going to carry that energy, right? So again, how do I work on that, right? Sometimes it's about fab. Sometimes it's not. Like, I think the first step is acknowledging like, what is it really about? Yeah. Cool. Good, good answer. I, I can hear Blake in my head asking this question and then just being like, Oh, okay, cool. Well, it's not my fault because they haven't printed any good brute cards yet. And that's why. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel like this, this question relates to like coping with your emotions too. And like, you know, managing them and acknowledging them. So, you know, we don't need to eliminate them. I think that's, the opposite of what we want to do. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And thank you for acknowledging that uh, it's not my emotions that make me a bad person. It's my choices that make me a bad yeah. person. <laughs> yeah, right. If I, 
I mean, if I am sad, I don't, I'm not a bad person for feeling sad, but if I'm sad and I, then I, I decide to rob a bank, then I'm a bad person, right? It's the action that makes me the bad person. Unless you do down with capitalism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fuck the man. You know, yeah. Shout out again to Blake. I appreciate you for asking this question. Uh, emotions are hard. I'm a professional in this and it's, it's so hard for me. Yeah. Name all emotions. Go. Uh, <laughs> well we can also we can clip that so when we have michael hamilton saying flesh and blood's hard we can also have randy saying emotions are hard emotions are hard yeah. being a person is hard right existing is hard Damn. especially in late stage capitalism am i right yeah, you're right this is this is great this is really interesting giving me a lot to think about <laughs> And I would say that that's the point, right? If if you leave this podcast thinking about stuff more, I'm happy for you and I've done my job. If you think, Randy, what the fuck was that? I appreciate that at that too. At least you listen. No, it was great. Like like that whole spiel about uh, actions versus emotions. Because like I realized, I didn't realize this, but my mantra is from Dune. I tell myself fear is the mind killer when I'm feeling like, mm. like say I'm approaching a, a rock climbing route and I'm feeling anxious, right? Mm or like afraid or like maybe i'm just feeling like you know anxiety about something that's not like physically dangerous or whatever but telling that to myself helps me it just like lays it in front of me as a choice right like i can you know live my life how i want or i can like succumb to fear and then it like it takes it away from being like this mental gymnastics or this anxiety based thing. And it's just like, I just have a choice to do like to, mm-hmm. you know, to take the action yeah. that I would like to take in my life. And then it's like really simple. So mm-hmm. but that was like, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, that's what I was thinking. No, about. That, that's, that's a great point. Uh, Cause with emotions like stress and anxiety, uh, that will never go away. Right. They will always be there in some shape or form whether really big or really small, but stress and anxiety will always be there. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's, so because at that point, if you know, it's always going to be there, it becomes a choice. Like, will I still continue to do what I do despite feeling this way? Or will I choose to not do what I want to do because I feel this way? Right? It's a choice. Some people it's a lot harder than others. And I understand that. But ultimately it's a choice. And because of the cho- choice, that means you have control of it. It's just, how do we make it? How do we get there to where you, feel like you're in control. Totally. Something I, 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 uh, two things. One from this podcast, dear listeners, I do not want you to walk away thinking that I Taylor Morrow, the person have it all figured out as I agree with Randy, a clear professional. Uh, and I'm like, Oh yeah, totally. I have this scenario that relates to that perfectly. I'm, I'm well adjusted all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I have a negative emotion and I'm like, cool, I'm allowed to feel this and I'm going to move past it. No, I totally get stuck on stuff. Um, The second thing is, I guess, like in, I think Colin and Isaac, we're all kind of going through this in certain degrees uh, uh, ourselves. And it's like, you know, trying to figure out what are the parts of the game that we can celebrate or what aspects of playing flesh and blood, losing a shit ton and like hanging out 
at a card shop with a bunch of other people who are like maybe winning or losing and also feeling a little, maybe too hot and sweaty, uh, for like three hours together, you know? And like, so yeah, just really searching for what are the things I can think about positively in, you know, just find extra joy in that isn't like a result or, you know what I'm trying to say here? Mm-hmm. Everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, I, I like that question a lot uh, in the sense, like, what can I enjoy about the game? Uh, even if it's not like results or like, what are, like, like what can celebrate? Like, even if I'm losing a lot or even if like, you know, I feel like I suck. How do I en- continue to enjoy this game that I enjoy playing? Right. I think it goes back to, I would ask like the why behind it. Cause every, everyone has a why, like why you became a teacher, why you decided to start this podcast. Similarly, why you started to play this game. Uh, you boredom. know, my why was because, yeah, boredom, right? I think a lot of us started during the pandemic, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Not good at anything else. <laughs> yeah, but it's still the why behind it. Like, my, my why was because, like, you know, I was graduating grad school. I wanted a new hobby because I knew I had free time. Uh, a game shop opened literally next to my house, so I went to check it out to get into a card game and dangerous me fat, right? Uh, so my why for FAP has always been to have fun and just vibe with people and, like, grow community, meet a community. Uh, so I guess for me, it's like, it's not results driven for me because I go to see my friends and have a good time. If I win, cool. If I, I don't, I saw my friends. All right. And I guess going back to that, like your why behind the game was your why to, it's, you know, if someone's why is to be like really freaking good at the game, uh, what's that mean? What's really freaking good mean? Obviously, like define it first. And how can we, again, small incremental steps, how can you get to your goal at locals? Because uh, I know locals isn't the most serious thing. Does it mean bringing a new deck every week to practice? Does it mean bringing a for fun deck so you, the game doesn't get sale to you? Does it mean skipping locals entirely so you can spend time doing something else? Right? Yeah. It's uh, remembering the why, right? We got behind it. Like if, if we go and we forget why we're doing something, it may feel like we're going through the motions sometimes. But we step back and acknowledge, oh, I'm playing fad because I wanted to try a competitive card game and I'm having fun now and I want to get better. Okay, do I feel like I'm getting better? No, I'm going through the motions. Okay, how do I change that? How can I kind of get better? Or I went to, I, I'm going because I want to talk to my friends. Have I been talking to my friends at Locals? No, I've been kind of out of it. Okay, next time I go to Locals, I'm going to talk to my friends more. Or things like that. Just yeah. asking yourself why. Yeah. And sometimes it's, I'm freaking bored of the game and I need a break. And that's fine, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you take a break, you take a break. Fab will always be here when you when you come back, right? We hope, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, who knows? Fingers crossed. Business could tank, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Next can't, question. I so true. I have a person. Late stage capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> that darn capitalism. There'll be, there'll be something else to do. Don't worry. It's capitalism. That's true. Um, <laughs> I, I have a question, like a personal question, because I suffer mm-hmm. from when I play... Um, like large tournaments, especially if I play a deck that takes freaking 50 minutes every round. Um, I really Why? suffer from mental fatigue if I'm like on round eight of the day, you know, eight hours in, mm-hmm. and it's like a very mentally taxing deck. And I noticed that some, maybe because they play more or they're better or, but I like some high level players don't seem to get as mentally fatigued. Like they'll go home after the tournament and like test for the next day another like, you know, 10 games or something where I I'm like burned out. I perform less well 
in that last round. And it's usually the most important round, but it's like the last mm-hmm. round of the day I perform the least well. In, and I have like, you know, borderline brain fog at that moment. And it's just like, so what, what is it? The, is it the homemade lobotomies? What am I doing wrong here? <laughs> it's uh clearly the shock <laughs> therapy isn't working for you. <laughs> I, that's a good question. I think first to face it, it's like, you know, everyone's different, right? So like, you know, some of the top players can just play all day and not feel it. Maybe they come, they've been playing TCGs for 20 years. So this is nothing new to them. Uh, maybe they, they just literally love TCGs. They're like, maybe it just works, just works for them. Mm-hmm. I think it's first acknowledging that like some people just can do things differently than we can. And that's okay. Uh, it may mean we need to work differently, maybe work a little harder. Who knows? But it just means maybe our method has to be a little different from them. And that's fine. I think the biggest thing too, it's, with brain fog, I think naturally in fab for the majority of the players, right? Maybe not like the top 1%, like mental fatigue is going to happen. Like, like six, eight rounds, six, eight rounds of CC, 50 minutes each. Like you're playing like a, I don't know, like back in the day, we were playing Oldham, like every match almost went to time. So mm-hmm. like naturally it's going to be like, I'm going to feel fatigue. Uh, and rather than deny that, acknowledge it. Like, yeah, I know I'm going to feel fatigued and that's okay. Cause like, who wouldn't feel fatigued after playing an intensive card game for 50 minutes and maybe getting like a five minute break between rounds? Like just be saying that, like, that sounds grueling. <laughs> Absolutely grueling. I played Oldham back in the yeah. day, so I get you. <laughs> uh, this is what you uh, call it's, fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun to me, but yeah, it's grueling. So acknowledging I'm going to feel fatigued, right? Uh, and it goes back to, like what we mentioned there at the mantra, it's like, I, I'm going to feel fatigued, but I still got this. I'm going to try my best, right? And just, again, the small incremental things we through, do throughout the day that can help us. Uh, getting up, stretching, walking around, eating a good healthy snack, that can all play a role into mental fatigue, right? Getting a good night's rest, like all that thing, right? But a big thing, I think, is to acknowledge, especially if it's the last round, I imagine last round, especially if it's like you're winning in round, you're gonna, there might be more anxiety there too and stress. Like I have to win this to like get into top eight and that bubble. Again, going back to, hey, you got, telling yourself you got this, right? You went seven rounds and you're one round away from getting to top eight. That means you put yourself in a position to succeed even through this mental fatigue. So what's one more round gonna do for you, right? Now you went through, you, you went through seven rounds. What's one, one, one more round? Again, rationalizing. I got through seven. I can get through one more, right? Like, Easy. like I'm him type of thing, right? It may be a little hard, but I got this. And also, now if I don't win, not a big deal. If I don't win, it's gonna suck. Yes, I don't top eight, but hey, I got here in the first place. Like, I think that's something to acknowledge. Should be proud of. Mm-hmm. It's also when we acknowledge that, like, I'm proud of where I got. Though I want to go further. If I don't make it, I'm still proud. I think that also takes a lot of stress away because you're acknowledging I'm proud. And so I want to get there and it sucks if I don't, I'm so happy where I got, right? I think that helps take stress away too, because some, for some people it's black and white, top eight or bust. And that can, that can play into like, you know, stress. But if you're acknowledging, Hey, I don't hit top eight, but Hey, I tried my best and I almost got there. That's something to be proud of. Yeah, That's a, that's a very good point because I have to remind myself to stop and appreciate things that I have now instead of always looking to the future. So that's a good, Mm -hmm. that's a good reminder yeah and also like yeah and remind like again again your growth as a fab player those results are are great it doesn't determine your growth right again 
even even highlighting like something i do maybe not in fab like even when climbing like when i don't like when i go full session without like sending any routes i try to pick things i think like hey that was a really good heel hook that i'm not used to doing uh it, it didn't you know i was i hung on to that sloper really well that i normally suck at hanging on right so kind of maybe picking things after every round you did well remembered every tunic counter uh played around pummel uh you know put this person in a body bag like things like that <laughs> that's a great question isaac and great answer randy i love that that was my favorite moment so far in this podcast uh it kind of got me also thinking <clears throat> excuse me about like tcgs are so like this game and this culture of tcgs and stuff is so unique like it feels so accessible you know what i mean and when you compare that to something like basketball you're like well of course i can't be in the nba i'm not seven foot one you know mm -hmm. what i mean like uh, that's that's not in uh, a sport that's really accessible for me at the highest level but there's something about fab that seems like it could be because mm -hmm. of its accessibility but i think in reality there is real talent behind some of our best players and that's like much harder to notice because it's not like a physical attribute it's like a inside attribute as it were mm -hmm. and to remind yourself like you know like i'm not michael hamilton or michael fang or some other michael that's really good at the game you know i'm just me Michael you're him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're, you're him you're her right but i will i will shine like some people are like naturally uh gifted in tcgs just like some people are naturally gifted in sports yeah but oftentimes being gifted can only take you so far it's the hard work Absolutely. that puts like i mean we're all from california right like kobe like we all kobe bryant right like that man had the most Never insane work ethic. Just did it. That that man had the most insane. <laughs> he had the most insane work ethic, man. Like it, yeah. he, of course, he was athletic. He was a basketball player, but he was never the most athletic, never the most muscular. But he, that man, was freak. That guy's fundamentals and like just his will was like insane. Yeah. Right. So I kind of use that as like a thing too. Like he was, he was never at the top of his class when it came to like athleticism or pure skill. Like say LeBron, like a Shaq just dominant but like he made up for it and like his fundamentals his footwork for playing and like dedicating himself to the game right so in relation to fab just because you are you know like a, not a michael hamilton a prodigy like Brody spurlock doesn't mean you can't get there it just may mean we may we may we may need to work a little harder or work differently but you can still get there yeah Thanks, yeah Coach. i think i think that that brings up several things for me. One, just like comparison, just not being a great thing to do. Like comparing yourself to anybody else is like, there's almost no point in it. If anything, you should look at like, you know, what is that person doing that I'm not? Mm -hmm. Like how hard are they working? You know, and I'm sure that's like, that's what people like Kobe do and did. Like is they'd say, what are they doing? Well, I'm going to do more than that, you know? And, yeah. and of course the hard part of this is that this is a, uh, thing we do for fun outside of our normal lives so there's only so much time to dedicate it to it uh, not all of mm -hmm. us can de dedicate all of our time to it i think the, mm -hmm. honestly the hard part for a lot of us i think is we found this in the pandemic when we had a whole lot of time 
So like <laughs> we could dedicate a lot of time to it. And that time just kind of keeps getting smaller as, as life just keeps moving faster and forward. Um, <clears throat> but I think also what you said about the, the mindset um, and natural talent that always is going to take you only so far. Um, and something I've learned kind of in my journey of like dealing with my mental health in regards specifically, I think it came up more in flesh and blood. Cause honestly, I did not do a lot of competitive things because my did not have the mental tools to deal with not doing well. Uh, so I just didn't do them. Uh, and then doing, you know, more and more flesh and blood. I was just like, I want to play in these tournaments and I want to do well. Um, but the, the, I realized that I had a very fixed mindset um, for most of my life and even still, you know, do largely, but I'm working on it. Um, and like the idea of a fixed mindset and a growth mindset is something that I've, I've read and, you know, watch videos about, and I encourage, you know, I've brought it up on, on the podcast before even, but, um, curious if you have any thoughts on like fixed versus growth, uh, idea and like, you know, maybe strategies of like moving from one towards the other. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that question, Paul. Cause that's something like I, I, I worked with in my like life too. It's like growth mindset. Uh, you know, I used to say this thing, like growth is the goal. Uh, it's, it's, it's just, I think we'll grow. Like, I guess the difficult thing with because a fixed mindset opposed to a growth mindset, I think the most difficult thing to switch to a growth mindset is acknowledging, uh, being, I guess, acknowledging ourselves and like maybe the mistakes we make or the errors in our ways, right? Because if it's fixed, I can like just blame other people for my problems, right? Oh, I only lost because you had that sink in Arsenal. I only lost because you had that that three block or that lightning press. I you had know? you on the next turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that, you can say if that. I absolutely. Died. Those, yeah, exactly. Uh, if, you know, if you didn't play that one card, uh, and that's fine. You can say that. I mean, you may be, you may get the other person frustrated because that's kind of minimizing their their play. But you can totally do that, right? It's your, your choice. But at the end of the day, what how is that going to make you a better player by not by maybe blaming others for losing? Is that I don't think that's going to make you a bit better player. And if hey, if by all means you don't want to be a better, a better player and you're just coasting, who am I to judge? But if if we want to get better, we have to be more critical on ourselves and kind of ask. What can I do to what can I do to get better? Or what did I do wrong? Not in the wrong. That's I guess. Or what did I how did I misplay? Uh, you know, I forgot my tuning counter that one turn that I really needed. Uh I blocked with my equipment really early. It's like being self-aware and critical, like asking asking yourself those questions. What can I what could I have done better? How could I have played that differently? It's just kind of I see it as taking curiosity into what you're doing, mm. right? Just being curious, like you're not being harsh on yourself. You're, you're not a bad person for being critical of yourself. It's just like, what can I do to get better, right? Are the good, or maybe even if you're playing with someone who's really cool, you can ask them, what do you think I could have done better? Uh, but that's hard, right? That's and it, that's almost like asking for help. And I know, as people, it's hard to ask for help sometimes. I struggle with this. A lot of people struggle with this. But I think the big key is just honestly being curious and just wanting to grow, right? And being like. What can I do to get better? That's generally like step one, just asking yourself, what can I do to get better? I can play more. You will play more. Okay, I'm playing more. What can I do to get better? I can analyze my play. I can, you know, create a sideboard for every hero, right? Right, because I we can say we can say in fixed mindset, that's 
But then at the end, they were not growing. Mm-hmm. We're not learning from our mistakes. And ultimately, that won't make us a better player. Yeah. If we want to be a better player, we got to ask ourselves, what's going to make us better? Uh, and this could apply anywhere in life, right? I also always ask myself, what can I, what can, uh, what can I do to be a better therapist? I ask my clients what I could do better, and that's that's hard too, right? Just acknowledging that I can be better because maybe that makes you feel like I'm I'm doing something wrong or I'm not good enough, right? But this goes to everyone who's listening and everyone not listening. No matter where you are in life, you are already good enough, right? It's not about being good enough. You are there. Oh, it's yeah. okay to, but it's okay to want better for yourself. That's fine. But you are good enough the way you are. But if you want to be, if you want to strive for more, go for it. But you are all good enough. Thanks. I love Randy. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good reminder. Because it's exhausting always striving, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's exhausting. Man. Yeah. It's great. I know. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> you know, like what Uncle Ben said, right? With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> I always like to, one thing I say a lot too is that giving, like, doing your best looks different every day. You know, mm, it's not a, a static one. thing. It is highly relative. And mm-hmm. just because it might have not been as good as yesterday, maybe it doesn't mean you didn't give your best. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good point, Colin. It's this... like, uh, no, no, go Sorry. ahead, Randy. I was just going to make some dumb sports analogy like I usually do. <laughs> it's okay. It's not going to be dumb. I'm sure Insert. it's great. But, uh, <laughs> but to bounce off, Colin, I, I, that's a really good point, Colin. Uh, your your one hundred percent may look different every day, or like may think of it as like a a tank, right? Uh, maybe on maybe on this day I can give my hundred percent, but maybe the next day I feel like I'm not feeling as well. But I only give eighty percent. I only able to give eighty percent, but that eighty percent is the best I can do that day, right? So that's still your best for that day. It may not be your peak, but it's still your best. And yeah. if you can if you can say I did my best, then that's all that matters. Like props to you, like. That's a pat on the back right there. Hell yeah. There okay, I am gonna do a stupid sports thing. All right, it's not right, pop off. It's not stupid. It's not stupid. I'm sure it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Don't self self that like that. There's uh just for me personally, I'm very glad to have been involved in athletics for so long because mm-hmm. sometimes I realize like, oh yeah, I did learn a lot from that. And I just was giving uh, a lecture in my class we were talking about weight training and stuff and uh you know they're all high school students so they're like we're going for prs every day and i'm like yeah but what if you're like tired or stressed you know like you're not the same person every day when you go into the weight room so we have to use or we get we get to use this um auto regulation tool called rate of perceived exertion where you try Fancy. to like target a level of effort rather than a number on the bar right Mm. so like one day uh bench pressing 200 might feel like super easy which i just had one of those days today where i was like i'm gonna throw this barbell through my roof you know (laughs) but then like other days you're like jesus christ this feels so heavy i like warmed up with this weight last time you know and that's like acknowledging that and that's fine and you will still get your same training stimulus mm-hmm. uh regardless as long as you're trying to hit your uh, exertion levels so mm-hmm. th- that's my my tie-in i feel like sometimes that's- also when i make these tie-ins i'm only talking to our boy nate so shout out to nate <laughs> <laughs> i really oh, i great, like yeah. this uh i don't know 
I like this practice because it kind of makes you have uh, like a lot of self-reflection and inner monologue just because so mm-hmm. like if you're like, oh, every day what I do is great. And then you're kind of like just excusing yourself for doing shitty or not trying your best or whatever, then you're being dishonest mm-hmm. with yourself. So in order to like do mm-hmm. this accurately, you have to like truly self-reflect and be like, okay, did I actually do the best I could? Did I make the best effort I could? Or, you know, was I kind of sick and a rest day is okay or whatever, but you have to really like take inventory of all of your behaviors and reasons and like all of Mm -hmm. that. And then be like, I did do my best today all, you know, but just, Mm -hmm. just it being important to keep it honest with yourself instead of just falling into the, like, no high five again. I, I did great again, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, so I like that part where you, uh, you got to keep it real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I, sometimes that could be really hard for ourselves, right? Because it, it makes us like, think of like, uh, think of like people as like an onion, right? There's, there are like different layers to the onion. As we get closer to the center, because the layers become harder to peel because maybe that stuff we don't want to, we want to ignore or like yeah, compartmentalize it away. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why it makes us cry more because it's an onion. So like sometimes like by being more self-critical or being like reflecting more, it makes us want to go there but we don't want to go there and that's okay we're not ready to go there but it's acknowledging that it can be hard sometimes and some days we may not reflect as much some days we might we do it's fine and it's it's hard for it's different for everyone it can be hard it can be really easy it could be in the middle but as long as again if we're making a genuine effort whether that effort be 100 percent one day 10 percent the next day as long as there's effort there that's all that matters hell yeah hell yeah <clears throat> I'm going to dip into the community questions again here. Nice. We're all, mm-hmm. we're all having so much fun we're all, ourselves. Yes. <laughs> okay. We're all, we're a part of the community. Yeah. So this matters too. Go, go, sorry. Go ahead, Taylor. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to stay on task or, or else I'll be like just thinking about what we're talking about and just doing <laughs> self-reflection as we're talking and, kind of being silently contemplative. Mm-hmm. Uh, our boy Ronnie from Twitter asks, what are some signs of mental health changes that a person in a competitive environment should be aware of? What are healthy ways to deal with those changes once you notice those signs? We kind of touched on this a little bit, but I think mm-hmm. there's an extra little uh, tasty nougat in that question that mm-hmm. uh, we could get into. Of course. I think what are some mental health changes that a person in a competitive environment should be aware of? Uh, first, I would biggest thing for me is overall level of enjoyment. If before you were having really like a fun time playing the game and now you realize you aren't having as much fun, I would ask ourselves why. Uh, is it because we are re- we are really results driven now? Uh, it's because you know we're playing a meta that we don't enjoy playing. Uh, that our friend group, that, that our play group to spend, I would ask ourselves that in overall enjoyment of the game. Also, I think a big thing is how we interact with others who also play this game. Uh, are we being like rude or like standoffish to them? Uh, how come? Uh, were we like nice? I guess overall demeanor, right? If we were if we were nice and talked to people before, but now we're like. Noticing we're frustrated at like Billy for doing something he always does. Like Billy always misses. Fucking yeah, Billy. Billy. Yeah. Such a twas, Billy. Tired of Billy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you notice that, like, if, like you getting frustrated easier, enjoyment of the game going down. Uh, 
dreading going dread dreading playing the game like if it's hard to get to locals or get to like whatever event you're going to like that's probably a sign of something burnout maybe uh burnout maybe we're not enjoying the game as much maybe we're just having a bad day uh i think i want to go on to the next part uh healthy ways to deal with that uh again this is this a lot of this is self-reflection it's asking yourself the hard part is why why am i feeling this way uh why am i not enjoying the game the meta is kind of stale for me how do i fix that does that mean when you go to locals you play a different deck every time so you know your enjoyment of the game doesn't go drop down drop down because you don't want to play lexi 800 times uh does it mean taking does it mean taking a break from the game right again I, most of us don't play this game for a living so if we aren't enjoying it if, but if we keep playing and like banging our head against the wall why uh we're allowed to take a break from something we enjoy if we're not enjoying it as much right uh i know like a lot of people are like they, we got we got a lot of grinders in socal like a lot of people who grind this game uh for their own reasons and big props to them that shit's hard but you can also ask like what is the point of this uh you want to make it to worlds and you have to okay if you know you have to play because you want to make it to worlds do you have to play lexi every time can you play something else for fun right uh if you're not trying to make it to worlds and you don't want to grind are you can you take a break if you can why not man right uh, I've taken breaks from, I love climbing, like I've taken, but I've taken breaks from climbing because I felt burned out. Uh, did it make me a worse climber when I came back? I mean, I was rusty, but I would argue because I, because of that cleared mental space, I became a better climber, right? Similar thing that happened with the game. If we take a step back and just reflect and chill, when we come back, we may feel rusty, but afterwards we may get a lot better because our, our, our mental space is a lot more clear like we're not feeling frustrated we're not dreading the game we're having fun again so maybe like things like that hopefully that answers the question totally yeah, I, I would also add that a taking a break is a length of time that only the individual can uh create rather than mm -hmm. like a break is two days you know or or whatever you know <laughs> it's like tonight i won't play flesh and blood <laughs> tomorrow i'm back on my grind yeah totally it's a personal amount of time yeah and that's the thing with mental health too like it's it's person specific because it works for you doesn't mean it works for someone else just because someone tells you what to do doesn't mean it won't work for you so uh i i hear this a lot from like my coworkers, like even my supervisors trust your gut if your gut is telling you something, it's probably right. If your gut is telling you that you need a break, take a break. If your gut is telling you to, I don't know, to say sorry to someone for being an asshole, say sorry to them, man. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. What's that movie quote? And my guts have shit for brains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what movie is that? I, I, I do not know. Uh, I've de definitely seen it. <laughs> Fuck. Um, Leave a comment, everybody, I'll somewhere. All right. Tweet tweet at me or whatever i got a question i want to throw God. in here this is really broad sorry and maybe kind of personal which i didn't think about when i wrote it down so do God, with it what it. you will do we have to start calling you billy but. now <laughs> um, when oh, taylor's making billy. fun of me how do i make him not? no i'm just kidding <laughs> um, by broad i mean extremely specific um 
do you uh do you do any practices in your daily life for like cognitive health or performance or you know anything you'd like to share or recommend in that department it doesn't have to be fab related mm -hmm. i was just wondering because yeah know, we all could yeah. be better in always not not just at fab no we yeah. already decided i'm great as i am so. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm the best better than this. i am i'm the perfect human i'm not uh i know aside from like you know cry every day um <laughs> 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 uh, yeah i think that's a good question i think it, it, it goes to a lot like a lot of what i've been talking about are things i like to do myself like you know i'm a firm believer like practice when you preach right like i'm a therapist right like if i'm not practicing these skills on myself like what makes my client mm -hmm. want to do it uh so I'm, I, I'm pretty like, I always ask myself, like, I check in with myself every day. Like, how are you feeling? Like, like just checking in how I'm feeling. Uh, like, oh, I'm feeling low energy today. I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling sad. Uh, I just ask myself that just to acknowledge what I'm feeling. Right. Opposed to like, no, I can't feel sad. Go away. I'm still going to feel sad. I'm just not acknowledging it. So I think just acknowledging your feelings. You don't have to do anything with it. If you're sad, you don't have to figure something out to make you happy. You can be like, yeah, I'm sad. Uh, and that's okay. Uh, I gotta do what I gotta do. I know when I'm sad, things are gonna be harder, but it's not because I'm incapable. I'm just going through it right now. All right. So just really being aware, uh, just being aware of that. Uh, I, again, I like to ask myself, what can I do better? Uh, or like if I'm stressed or feeling, feeling anxious, just asking, why am I feeling anxious today? Uh, what is up? Uh, I have this thing cause I know probably a lot of us work nine to fives. Uh, I, I have this rule I try to do for myself. I don't do it every day, but I try my hardest. It's to do one thing for myself every day, uh, whether that be climbing, reading a book, uh, going to a boba shop to journal, uh, doing something I know I will enjoy doing at least once a day. It can be small, like skincare routine, or it can be big, like climb for two hours, because that helps me kind of get out of the, the nine to five grind. Oh, nine to five grind, go home, sleep, do nothing, back, like being a weekend warrior type of thing. So I do that just... Because again, the whole holistic approach, taking care of yourself. Uh, yeah, big, big thing, uh, I will say is just acknowledging my emotions. Just be like, hey, I'm happy, I'm sad. I don't got to do anything with it, but this is what I'm feeling. Mm. Uh, also, too, like, just being nicer to myself. Uh, I actually just talked to, talked to this with my therapist today, uh, doing like a yearly ref reflection. Uh, I'm a lot kinder to myself than I was a year ago. Uh, like This time last year, I would be like, God, why do I suck? Like, I don't feel like I'm good enough. But now it's a lot more, it's not, it's not necessarily all positive, but it's a lot more neutral. It's like, oh, I got this. I can do it. I am stressed now, but I know I can do this. I am stressed, but I got this. I'm feeling sad. I may not be able to perform to my peak abilities, but I can still do this. Right. And that yeah. goes a long way. So just, I think, I, if anything, I would say that's the number one thing self talk. Like, you spend the most time with yourself. So the things you say to yourself matter. You don't have to go from negative to positive. You can literally go to neutral. Opposed to being like, I suck. You can be like, I'm not that bad. Or like, I can do better, right? Uh, I think that has been the biggest shift in how I feel daily and how I feel about myself. Just how I talk to myself. Wonderful. Nice. Love it. Also, congratulations. I'm glad you're much nicer to yourself. That's great. Yeah, thank you, thank you. you deserve it because you're so nice to everybody. Like in in our in our local Discord, Randy's always just like so supportive of people, and like we'll even call people out when they're having you know they have their little moments and give them support like directly. And I always really appreciate that um, because I appreciate you, Collins. 
Oh my God, I'm going to cry. God. Yeah, we'll all cry and then we'll have that. I love crying. <laughs> uh, That's all right. great. I think I if, if we're going to try to wrap it up, I think we've talked around it a lot, but I don't know. We'll talk directly at it now. <laughs> Having more fun playing Flesh and Blood or just doing the things we do. I think we had a lot of questions of it. You know, the importance of having fun and coming to local. Shout out to Anthony Pham. Uh, how to deal with a personally unfun meta. You know, I think there's a lot of things around, like, the fun of the game that <clears throat> is, you know, one, I think, is just complicated because it's a competitive thing at its heart. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're just going to have fun, you got to be okay with losing, and that's probably the hardest thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, just any thoughts around, like, how what we can do to make sure we're having fun i think you know we've talked about even just taking a break is the right thing to do um but you know is there any other like proactive uh practices or ways of approaching our relationship with like especially like a lifestyle game like this is something we spend a lot of time thinking about it's not just like oh yeah i like show up once a week and that's the only time i think about this is like we're all in here like every day talking about these cards and shit. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it does kind of consume you. So I think it, it is important to figure out how we make sure we, we can do that for ourselves. I think. Um, I think a big part, it's like, I'm a big person like defining things. Like when we say, cause fun can be so broad, mm. it may be different for everyone. So I would ask personally, what is fun to like, to whoever we're asking, right? What is fun in fab to you? Is it winning? Does that mean fun to you? Is it just, having a laugh with the person you're playing with does it mean like i don't know like fucking you know hitting someone for like like crippling clutch dominate i don't know whatever it is to you right <laughs> whatever fun is to you right first i would ask that question what is fun to you you got that that you got that defined this is what fun is how do we get there uh how do we get to that fun All right it's it if winning's fun does that mean we gotta play a meta deck so you start winning oh you're winning but you're not having fun so was winning really your definition of fun like that. And I think that's you mentioned a good thing, Colin, is a lot of uh, a lot of I think TCG players equate winning to fun, which can be true. Like winning is definitely fun. But is that all fun is? I think there's more ways to have fun. I would explore that. Like that's why I play Riptide. Like I have so much fun playing Riptide. But I know like I'm gonna lose like most of my games. Like uh, like uh, I have like zero I have zero blues in that deck. I'm just gonna lose to any arcane damage. <laughs> like that, that's just a fact. <laughs> But, but I still have fun playing Riptide because that, that boy is fun. Because my definition of fun isn't winning. I would love to win. It's just enjoying the hero I'm playing. And occasionally, like, you know, saying sheesh, like, to my opponent. <laughs> or, like, I'm having fun with my opponent. That's fun to me. So I think a lot of it's occasionally. <laughs> it's a lot. So a lot of that is just defining it, uh, what fun is to you. And, again, going back to taking a break, if fun is playing, a, like, a, a diverse meta or, like, playing the deck that you enjoy, go ahead and do that. I think the reality is too, sometimes we can't win the decks we love. It's just the nature of hard games. Uh, and if, that, if you're okay with that, by all means, keep playing that deck, keep having fun. If you're not okay with that, take a break, man. Or or explore other avenues where you can maybe express the fun you're having. You know, playing UPF, uh, doing draft. Shout out to Dennis for always wanting to do draft, but it's never happened yet. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like that. Uh, it's just navigating what fun is, uh, really. Like, uh, there's this saying in like therapy, it's like to please your inner child. It's like kind of doing what doing what you can as an adult that your like your younger self couldn't do. Uh, relating that to fab, right? Uh, what is fun to you? 
or what is something like you as a, like i think as a kid we can all think like damn i really want to play card games but i can't afford like the money or i can't buy blinged out cards but now we can all like be whales and buy cold foils like that shit is fun <laughs> so kind of like that like what like what would you as a kid say about you playing fab now and how would they have fun as a like how would your kid self have fun playing fab like for randy probably playing rip tags that that's fun like i'm not winning right? <laughs> i think i think that's big like how can you please your inner child like that's a big thing too but uh yeah but key points defining what fun is uh if it's achievable to you while playing fab by all means go do it if it's if you feel like it's not achievable while playing fab currently in this meta maybe take a break for however long you need that's a very good match or or, yeah. or play riptide or play riptide uh shout outs to anthony fam for the freaking prom- promise of plenty redline deck that is that deck is so fun <laughs> <laughs> what a guy anthony fam friend of the show friend, friend of mine. everyone friend, friend of, of everyone that guy is one of the nicest people i've met <laughs> why is he why is anthony so nice can we talk about that, <laughs> Explain that yeah uh, now we're pivoting this podcast is what about why anthony yeah. is so nice now yeah i totally. heard anthony show you're, and you're uh, now to the main topic top 10 things that <laughs> i love about anthony fam number yeah. one his hair is just always perfect um <laughs> no i think that's really great i think honestly i i feel like i learned a lot in that just like defining what fun is i think that's the thing i've been like dancing around in my own thoughts about like what is fun for me and you know it might not even be clear and even like you said maybe you think it's winning and you play the meta deck and you win and you're just like well I actually didn't have fun there so like then what what was it where was that fun what was the fun when I started you know on you know when I even just talking about it it's like I think just learning the game was a lot of fun so maybe just learn, constantly learning new heroes, trying out new things, like maybe that's the fun. And I just have to get over the fact that like I'm not going to win a lot and that's not, you know, what I should be focusing on and not what I should be judging my fun on. Um, but yeah, it it is it is just a struggle sometimes. Yeah. And I think it's very healthy to say I need a break. I'm going to do something else. And that's totally cool. We'll be here waiting for everybody who needs a break and we are, we take breaks ourselves too i mean just because yeah. mostly because life gets in the way you're just like well i don't even have totally. time. like i'll just talk about spoilers and then not play any of those cards <laughs> I, I, I like to uh sorry tyler uh quick thing uh our definition of fun our, our definitions of anything in general can always change because people we are always changing uh so just know if things change and your definition of things changes that's fine adapt to it you're a person you're not a bad person for changing things just want to throw it throw that in throw in there yeah totally that's a that's a great point i just was going to comment on uh affirming colin that yeah that has been part of your recent journey it's like what is fun and fab for me you know it was like pitch stack pitch stacking your additions and pummeling motherfuckers <laughs> you know that, that used to be actually yeah jam. i think when we you know. talk just talking about it now i think pummel is fun so i just need to figure out how to pummel more <laughs> and i will have more fun just like whatever yes. happens like just being you know, putting that down there just like yeah <laughs> i was gonna speaking of pummel i was gonna talk about this in the in the intro uh but now it seems like a better time i got uh, i pitch stacked pummel into surgical extraction at locals on sunday uh, which was dope you know i'm like i did it that was fun for me. 
Uh, and then the other fun part I was having was yelling my that I was pummeling and trigger the pummel trigger and locals is like six people <laughs> in a tiny store, you know, not no, like four might not know what or, you're referring or to. 20. <laughs> I'm just yelling it at the top of my, and then <laughs> I like nearly forgot my like, uh, contract trigger and <laughs> top of the deck trigger and I almost forgot to make silver and all this stuff. <laughs> Cause I was too worried of memeing my opponent for, mm-hmm. Uh, recent dramatic reasons that happened overseas <laughs> in the UK. Listen to the previous episode if you want to know about that. Anyway, yeah, I, it was a great moment. I think just thinking about it, I think my definition of fun is I like I want to be presented with problems to solve. Because as you were explaining that, I was like, Kano is the deck that I will play, and as long as it's not just a non-game. I will always have fun. I like really don't care if I win or lose. I have these intricate problems to address and solve and like tinker with. And then like, then I lost or I won or who cares, you know, but it's just like so engaging and so rewarding and I love it. So I think that that's like, that's my fun. Nice. You Kano, I guess you've turned into the Brendan Patrick of our show. <laughs> I've always, what, I also want to highlight. I've oh, always played Kano. Well, well, you- <laughs> I know, but now his like whole thing is like, I'm just playing Kano because it's fun. You know what I mean? It is. Which is not a bad thing that you're Brendan Patrick. He has huge biceps. (laughs) And skinny legs. You should tell him that next time you see him. Like, man, I admire your biceps. I have told him. Oh, damn. What a a compliment. Yeah. I mean, they're they're boulders on his... His little dainty feminine wrists. It's crazy. Okay. If, if his uh, biceps were uh, a climbing grade, what <laughs> grade you, would it be? Did you have a dig in it in the compliment when you told him? <laughs> no, but I did have a little tiny one right now. <laughs> uh, climbing grade? Uh, well, they're pretty... It's like a good sloper, but not a bad sloper. So they're like... It's like V6. It's a Damn, V6 that's sloper. Tough. Damn, that's tough. Uh, one thing I want to add to is, um, cause I know for most of us, fab is a hobby. Uh, most of like maybe like 1% or less of less than 1% are doing this for a living. So I want to highlight for the other 99% of us. If your hobby starts feeling like a job, maybe that is a sign to take a break or to reevaluate what you're doing this hobby for. Nice. Okay. That's the clip right there. <laughs> clip it <laughs> well, what if i like one... my hobbies to feel like jobs <laughs> and then power to you my guy keep yeah. doing you you need Just... to hustle and grind more taylor if you're... Yeah, i need to start getting paid for fab yeah, like if your hobby job. isn't producing money for you then what are you doing yeah. with your spare time Late yeah, stage if you're not hustling what are you doing <laughs> yeah i very much disagree with having to turn all your hobbies into money making schemes. <laughs> totally. It's like the only way to have them though. <laughs> hey, the beauty thing of with hobbies and just having fun, we can suck at it but still have fun. We don't gotta be good. We can still have fun. Yep. Hell yeah. Beautiful. Let us uh great Randy, thanks for being on. This has been super awesome. I think all three of us have had a great time. I can't, won't speak for you, but I will speak for the two people I know very well in this uh, Zoom window. Uh, 
But before we let you go, we have a signature segment we would like you to participate in. Q Isaac. Board games from the closet. Here at the Attack Action Podcast, we like to play many board games and many different games of all kinds in general. We play video games, board games, role-playing games, uh, any kind of game your imagination can conjure up, we play it. So uh, sometimes we like to share one of those games with you. And uh, tonight's board game from the closet is Randy's. So not a board game, but a video game. But uh, one of my favorite games, if not my favorite game, is Persona 5 Royal. So for those who haven't heard of it, it's a Japanese RPG from the Persona series. Uh, Again, there's five of them, and it's a number. But they're not they're not a chronological story. They're all different stories. Uh, I think what's special to me about this game is I played it during the pandemic, uh, so I have really nothing else to do. Uh, I don't know. The story really caught me. Like, I it's a really long game. I think it took me a hundred plus hours to beat, but I was just like invested in it. If anyone who's played Japanese RPG, it has like the same tropes: long to start, uh, you know, say like interest, like same old tropes, like you know, insert character, you know. Uh, but it's just really fun. I can't really explain it. Like, it was just it just really I just really gravitated towards it. The story was great. Uh, I really connected with it. Uh, Characters were cool, very unique style. Like the style, it's so stylish. Like everything, like you can tell they whoever made the game put so much care into it. Uh, like they cared about every little detail, and the the soundtrack is an absolute banger. Like I don't think there's a mm. single song, bad song about soundtrack. Soundtrack, like it's just so good. Cool. It's crazy. Like like during like the last boss, right? They play. I'm not gonna spoil it. They play a song that's never been played in the <laughs> game before. Like the first time hearing like that, that song. Is during the final boss, and like the fact that they kept that banger, that cool. banger of a song for so long, it's insane. Because like, it just <laughs> it just speaks to how good this, like the soundtrack is. Like, I just can't go over. Yeah. It. I listen to the soundtrack almost daily. It's crazy. That's awesome. Cool. Doesn't doesn't Persona deal with like a lot of mind palaces? Mm-hmm. Aren't those all like the levels mm-hmm. and or dungeons or something? Yeah, like and that? the fifth one is like you. It's a weird concept. Like you go into other people's minds. I believe it's called like palaces to get their treasure whatever that treasure may be to them. Uh, so it talks a lot, like kind of dives into mental health, like has some like phrases, like cognitive dissonance, uh, wearing a mask, having persona. Uh, so I think I connected with that part too, because, you know, I am a mental health professional. Uh, so it was yeah. really cool. Uh, it was super cool because Joker got, you know, is in the, the, the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, that's kind of out, out of nowhere. I think that that's what helped popularize at least Persona 5 too, that the fact the main character got put into a Smash yeah. Bros. game. Cool. Awesome. I, I've, I've played a little bit, not of the Royal, just of the Persona 5. Um, and it's like, it's crazy how detailed you like go to school and sometimes you have to like mm-hmm. answer questions in yeah. class like correctly. <laughs> like it's like partial like mm-hmm. life simulator and you have like relationships yeah. with people. And then you have these like, you know, crazy dungeons you mm-hmm. go into it as you're yeah. like, you know, personas. That's cool. Palaces. So it's like really, really fun. And actually the RPG make the fighting system is cool because you you pick like an action or attack or whatever but you can also do like these cool combos where you like shoot a gun kind of like real time and like combo into something else so it's like it's pretty interesting and seems pretty in depth i was like the time i was like this is i'm getting i don't know if i'm ready to go this deep into this (laughs) game but i think at some point when i'm like on a dry spell of buying new games i'll like i'm definitely diving back in yeah it's it's definitely one that's been on my list as 
something to try. I keep looking at it and going like, I think I will like this, but I don't know truly. Uh, I really did like 30 minutes just doing dialogue mm-hmm. sometimes. So yeah. It's hard. yeah. I think like the, the first palette palace in itself is there like a tutorial palace. That's like the first three to four hours of the game. Crazy. Yeah. I played fire emblem three houses mm-hmm. and there's a lot of that life simulator. Obviously I really like that cause you're the instructor. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm planning, making lesson plans for everybody, you know? You finish your lesson plans and then fire up your video game to make some lesson plans. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like, I can't wait to go teach these virtual students. I think they all want to fuck me too. It's great. Just kidding. That's stupid. They're children. Don't have... But then it has the cool puzzles of like the the Mm turn-based strategy tactics situation also not to derail us from persona five royal Mm -hmm. which is what randy suggested so go go check that game out or not or tell us if you have we would love to hear you have a hundred hours to spare by all means play it (laughs) yeah while you're taking you know atomic habits forever to be (laughs) while you're you're taking your break from fab you can do persona five royal well, Randy, thank you so much for being on. Uh, I loved this episode. I feel like we're friends now. Yes. Hopefully, I can call you yes. my friend after we're this. All fr- time. We're all friends in this in this Zoom Zoom square right now. Hell yeah, love <laughs> it. Uh, so yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you, uh, either professionally or casually. How can they do that? Uh, don't talk to me. So do not contact me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, in a more like lax. Uh, I mean, I have an Instagram. It's Randy underscore McDara, but I have that on private. So I don't accept people unless I know them. So you probably can't contact me there. I don't got a Twitter. Uh, I, I try to stay from Twitter because that thing is toxic. But if you want to contact me, like you see, uh, what's my like, I'm on Discord. Uh, my username is Dumakik, D-U-M-A-K-I-C-K. You know, if you just want to shoot me a message, talk about mental health for a bit, by all means, shoot me a message. But just know it's not it's not a professional setting. Uh, I will say if you are looking for therapy or want to be linked to a therapist, check out psychologytoday.com. Uh, you can filter by like insurance, by, by race, ethnicity, uh, specialties. So it's a really good starting point to find a therapist and just kind of contact them. Uh, most therapists, if not all therapists, they um, provide what they call a free consult. So before you start session, they'll talk to you for like 10, 15 minutes and be like, do you think we're a good fit? If the answer is yes, let's, let's do it. If the answer is no, on to the next one. I'll find a different one. So that's a good place if you, someone is looking for a therapist or just mental health. Uh, highly recommend. Therapy's great. Shout out to my therapist, Maria. She's great. Nice. Shout out to my wife, Maria. She's great. Shout out to Maria's. They're great. Hell yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Well, that's it. Thanks everybody for being here. Love you all. And uh, we'll see everybody in the next episode. Thank you for listening. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at the attack action podcast on Twitter. We are at battle bro. Taylor and at BattleBro Isaac, shoot us an email, theattackactionpodcast at gmail.com. 
If you would like to support us, like and subscribe, shop for singles using our affiliate link, or support our Patreon for as little as $4 per month.